Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHK as I'm known, and we watched three things this week. We watched the season or series, we're not sure yet, finale of Obi-Wan on Disney+. Plus. Major spoiler for that one. We also watched the third episode of Miss Marvel, also on Disney+. Plus. Also major spoilers for that. And then finally we watched the first three episodes of the new Apple TV Plus Maya Rudolph show Loot. I actually don't think we go into a ton of spoilers for that. You could listen to the discussion without having seen the show and totally be fine watching the show. Nothing would get ruined for you. But it's a great show, so we recommend you watch it anyway. And then be sure to stay tuned after the main discussion as there are a couple of follow-up points. Without further ado, here's We're Watching What? All right, we finished out Obi-Wan. I have a question. The beginning of the episode said, like, this episode may contain things that people find upsetting, something along those lines. What was that referring to? I Yeah, I wasn't actually sure if it was kind of alluding to there were some real times when we, but again, this had happened already in the show, but like where kids were getting attacked all yeah you're watching like she's hunting down and trying to kill luke skywalker as he's running like a little kids i don't know like i I don't know (laughs) is the answer he's really open to a child death so it's kind of like okay you know it's like every episode for it i I don't don't know know. it just felt like nothing that we saw in this episode felt more aggressive or violent or upsetting than anything we've seen in any other star wars film or movie or show or whatever you know yeah maybe they were getting some weird complaints or something about i i don't know but yeah it was a little weird yeah anyway yeah, that, was, I, that was my first it's so funny because when you say that i like forgot that they had done that and i'm like you're right i can't think of a single thing remember, in that episode that and i remembered them doing it before but then i think it was last episode and it was like i think it was more kind of focusing in on the reva stuff you know what i mean and like kind of seeing her facial expression as she gets stabbed because we didn't see younglings die in the first over 66 it was just you know but that's true it was just implied yeah yeah so maybe maybe they just put it there as a blanket now children yeah yeah i i mean i guess i don't know i just felt like even the way that we saw younglings sort of die wasn't i don't know i it just was an odd warning to me that felt slightly out of place and then it also like built up my expectations for the episode because i was like oh my god what's gonna happen here like oh yay trauma but yeah how are we feeling now that we have wrapped i will also note that it technically says season finale on uh plus yes yes some people pointed out i mean they clearly set up a second season with him just like going off into the sunset or whatever right i guess (laughs) I mean, I, th- I, th- I thought that's what they were doing. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I thought this episode in general was, you know, not as good as some of them just because, you know, like we've talked about several times, it's very hard to get into a battle that you know everyone lives. Right. You know? And so it's just kind of like, I thought that, you know, the battle between him and Darth was well choreographed and shot and everything. I thought it would be, I mean, I thought it would be better if he... If Vader had just like assumed he died under all those rocks and then took off and left instead of having the weird thing at the end where we get to watch Obi-Wan literally walk away from the second most evil person in the galaxy instead of actually killing him like he should have. I don't know. That was awkward for me. I thought the the Reva storyline made zero sense to me. I I don't understand why she was after Luke. She just heard a garbled thing about a boy who lives on Tatooine. She doesn't know it's Vader's son. How does she know it's Vader's son? Is she just guessing that? Are we supposed to just assume she knows through the Force? 
No, I think it was just that it's a Force-sensitive youngling that Obi-Wan's been protecting. Okay. I don't think it was yeah. Vader. I think she was... I, yeah, I actually loved this episode. I thought this was, like, loaded with some of the more emotional stuff. I was very invested. I obviously wasn't worried about Luke. I was more kind of, at that point, worried about breaks of continuity. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and, mm-hmm. I, and I appreciated how they handled it, that, like, Luke never officially saw a single lightsaber, and I kind of liked that. Yeah. I didn't know who was pursuing him and stuff, and it's, it's silly, but I... I liked that about it. It was fun to see Lars and or, um, Owen and Baru uh, kind of in action, kind of, you know, they're, I, I liked, it gave me more appreciation for them than I already had, which I think, you know, we have moderate appreciation for them, I think, but, <laughs> but um, it made it a little less, I mean, obviously it was unsuspecting and they were older, but I was kind of like, oh, and then Stormtroopers did them in though, but, <laughs> but um, <laughs> you know, they're fighting off an Inquisitor, but I mean, it's different. It was unexpected and all this and they're older, but, but yeah, I loved the duel. I, if, if Obi-Wan had, been assumed dead under the rocks i would have been here complaining about the like when i left you you know i was the learner and now i am the master line in a new hope and i really mm. thought that they ended it in a way oh, that okay Anakin yeah. was vested and i loved that the poetry of like he he cuts his helmet open like on that side and it's the opposite side that ahsoka does it in rebels and i loved that it was kind of like the two different sides of like the two closest people to anakin in his work life i guess if you will um <laughs> I, I love workers I, I mean, you know, like it, it's not padme you know what i mean but which they were together too but you know what i mean like the jedi um i liked the poetry of that but man i i was a i was very when he was talking to him and the lighting in that and the way you would see like the blue to a purple kind of light up his face when you'd have shreds of anakin kind of coming through and then it would go back to like the darkness with the red and it was like I was eating it up and I was like, this is a good performance. We're going to take a quick break and be right back. And we're back. I did think it was really cool the way they did the voices between James Earl Jones and Hayden. I thought that was very cool the way they kind of mixed them together and sort of, yeah, I thought that was cool. I thought it was really powerful to witness Obi-Wan accepting the death of Anakin Skywalker. Mm. Like, because he, he didn't know he was alive still and then he finds out and then now it's like, he talked to him and learned, and I loved the line of like, you know, and I, I killed Anakin type of thing, and seeing that like there is this like you know the Sith Lord is inside of there. Anakin is is he's there's like shreds of him, but he's unsavable. Mm-hmm. I do I I can agree a little bit that it's like okay, and you just left him and whatever you know, but at the same time everything was already it's like it's not Darth Vader at that point that's running things. It's Palpatine, so it's like it's not like like Vader is the problem with what's happened and i know it'd be a a very tactical move to get rid of him but my take on it is that like now this is the new life they're living which is just on the run and trying to like keep these kids alive and whatever but i don't think that there's a lot of hope at this point that a rebellion's rising that will be stopping the emperor right you know what i mean so it felt to me kind of like he bested him he was like i'm still better than you and it's like i you know leaving him again and kind of like that I don't know. I, I I could see, I see it, but I, I didn't bug me. Well, it felt very on brand for Obi-Wan Kenobi to me. As the one of us who has not watched, finished watching the animated shows, for me, I did initially go like, one, I was like, oh my God, they staged this on this thing so they could have that really sick shot with a crescent moon. Like, this is just so, so key art exists. But I'm here for it and I want a print of it and I want like a mural, you know, it was great. It was a great it was moment. So but then, oh, beautiful. But then when they went funny. to like the rock area, I was like, oh, come on. But as the person who was not, you know, familiar with the intricacies of their backstory as well as you know as much as you two are I was like oh okay this is I'm assuming 
him not being willing to kill him, right? Like that Darth Vader should have just smushed him under the rocks and then, you know, double tap or whatever the lightsaber equivalent is if he really wanted to kill him. But there is still something inside both of them that prevents them from being like, I'm going to murder you. Well, and he's like, I'm not going to kill my brother. And then when you go and you see when Obi-Wan, I mean, you know, you watch the first one when Obi-Wan actually dies. Obi-Wan's in control of that death. Darth right. Vader does not best Obi-Wan. No, no. Obi-Wan sacrifices himself and is one with the force and goes on. So Obi-Wan, Darth, Anakin is never able to best Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's just not, you know, it's like, even though he did in this series and the stupid fight, that I, I still, it still bugs me. Like, but I just but, think, I don't know. It's, yeah. it, I mean, I understand everything you're saying. It's just hard for me to know that this person literally murdered an entire temple of younglings and you're walking away letting him exist. Yeah, I, I agree. There's some certainly some discrepancies. One of my notes says, damn, Darth Vader sucks at making sure people are dead. Like, how many times has he just, you know, like Reva is sitting there? And I mean, I think it was on purpose. And I do I think, know, I, know. You know, I think they both can't kill each other. And I do understand that. And I think, you know, from the relationship and everything, it, it does make sense. I don't think it's a like poor character choice or anything like that. I just, it's hard for me to like, it's a poor choice the character's making, but it's not out of line. With yes, the exactly. Like, I know that Obi-Wan would make that choice. It's just hard for me, like, watching, going, like, come on. And, and I know we can't make that choice also because I love everything that comes after it and Vader's part of all that. And so, you know, what can you do? But it was just hard for me. Like, he just walked away like that. Right. You know? Like, it was just, I don't know. We could have made it more whatever. I do. I mean, I like Reva's arc a lot. I thought I was really emotional and she didn't kill Luke, you know, and like you said, I was proud of the way that they made it. So he never saw a lightsaber, um, you know, because that was a tricky balance for sure. Yeah, I was, I'm invested in her. And so that whole scene, even though I wasn't worried for Luke, I was invested in what she was going through. And yeah, she at the end, but she's she comes back, brings him back, and she just like drops her knees in front of Obi Wan, and she whenever yeah, like I was I, crying, I, my heart broke, my heart yeah. broke more, and I, I I'm fully invested enough to where I don't know with all the backlash if they'll do it or what they're gonna do, whatever. But like I would want, I mean, I would be excited about a show about her moving forward. I would. Yeah, one of my notes is like, wow, she in terms of the performance that they put the character through, not at the actors necessarily, but just like what a redemptive arc. The character obviously is getting a redemptive arc too, but. Just like, I would argue that Moses did some of the best acting in the show, which isn't to say that like everyone isn't good or anything like that, but I think she's done some amazing work. I agree. I think she also was handed some of the worst acting in the show in part because of the writing, right? Like I think her first two yeah. episodes were not strong, but then, she, you know, I think it does take great acting and, and also writing to get the performance we got in this one. I'm just sad that it started off so rough for her because I think it probably contributed to a lot of the toxic discourse. It was going to be there anyway, but like, I'm just like, damn, I know we had to take this character on a journey, but I feel like there was a different way to start it. And then we could still end it on this like really high note or low note for her. But you know, it was, I was very, I'm very on board with her now. <laughs> I really, really, if, if we're doing an Obi-Wan season two or whether it's like, a season two, path, but it's not Obi Wan. It's the path, path, you know. Yeah. I need, I need her to go pursuing that. I liked, I liked seeing the moment of, basically, essentially, the moment of deciding to be to go to the light instead of the darkness in catching this boy who's force sensitive, and then under, and then deciding, you know what, let's protect him instead of kill him. And now that's like this new journey she can be on. And, and you know, I keep saying I want to see Quinlan now that they mentioned him. 
And yeah. I would love if he's around still and that that could join up and some fun stuff with Obi-Wan could be involved. So it could be an Obi-Wan season two, but it starts being like it's breaking off to that storyline. And then we're seeing Obi-Wan kind of further train with Qui-Gon now. And I, I would be down with that. But I, I, anything, any way we could get, because again, this is something where we could go in and via flashbacks or this one, stuff like that, there, there are characters that we know went through this mm-hmm. and like got new identity and this and that, whatever. And it'd be really cool to start having some really fun callbacks and seeing them. Yeah. Yes. And uh, along with others that we don't ever know about and who cares, you know, I really want to know what's up with the Jedis and the tombs or Amber or whatever. So like, and that, that's why I think I'm they into have that to knowing more about that. Right. Separate out from like, I think it has to be sort of structured in a, a Mandalorian book of Boba Fett way, right? Where it's like, well, fine, we'll give you like this lead character that, you know, although ironically, we know Boba Fett, but, you know, just because we know that Obi-Wan doesn't have any, well, we don't know, but we're pretty sure Obi-Wan's time is generally accounted for from this point forward, it seems like. And so having somebody else bring us into that, as opposed to handing somebody who has already had the most influential storylines, like more stuff feels cleaner than being like, and then that one time that Obi-Wan went to the secret base full of like Jedi goo, you know, it's like, when did this happen? I do. Yeah. I really want path, but I also would love, I love baby Leia. I think I love that whole thing. I would love to see her adventures at the palace and like growing up and all that stuff. Like, I think that would be really cool. Do we think, cause I was thinking about how the end of this episode impacts like one, Luke is such a like see, seeing more humanity to um uh Owen and Baru or whatever. That's right. Oh yeah, I was like, damn, Luke is such a little shit. Like they were good parents to him. <laughs> yes, he had to work, you know, but he's so ungrateful at the beginning of uh, New Hope that I was like, oh, this really like paints him in a different light. I was like, welcome because he's always been in that light for me. I yeah, I've never Luke. liked Luke. <laughs> I, like, yeah. I never disliked him, but now I'm like, I just see he's so annoying. He's whining all the I mean, time. I mean, like, I've always been up. pro Han. Like, Han is my Star Wars, you know. But well, the problem, I was having this discussion with Jackie and my sister just recently about something about Luke, but I like him by Return of the Jedi, and the journey he goes on is fine. Sure. But in that first one, when you have such an A plus cast of other characters that are all just like so good including both droids, Chewbacca, <laughs> Princess Leia, Han. They are all, like, I, I, I challenge you to think of, of, of five things you dislike about each of those characters. And it's like, to put that next to our lead, who is Luke, and Luke is just whining the whole time, I'm like, well, why do people like this guy? Sure. <laughs> There's so much more richness everywhere else you look in this movie. <laughs> you yes. Know? And the other question I had, and I'm going to assume, I'm going to posit an answer, um, is that, you know, the, the infamous you know, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope thing. It's like, Le- I feel like Leia would have remembered them, but is this, you know, because I'm reading the second Thrawn book, actually, right now I'm like, oh, this is like diplomatic, coded, like her yeah. not wanting to get intercepted and reveal that they actually knew, right? Like that's, am I reading? Are we guessing that so. that's like what we're, they're, what they're going to write it off as? I think so. I think that there's a world where she's also, she was 10 and, and, might not assume as an adult, even though it's only eight years later, might not assume that Obi-Wan remembers and thinks about her all that much. <laughs> and and instead of like, you know, like, mm-hmm. and again, yeah. I, I know okay. she, you know what I mean? Like where she's sending right. a message. It's a formative moment she's, for she's, her, but not but necessarily also, for she's him. Now yes. a trained politician. Yeah. And so she's going to be doing it in a way that's like, you can't trace this. And She doesn't realize at this you know. point how important she is, right? She doesn't know that she's Vader's daughter. And right. that's the reason why Obi-Wan knew and was protecting her or any of that stuff, right? 
So to her, she, he's just some friend of her father's that helped her one time. And maybe that's all he does all the time. Yeah. I, I yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I feel it's, 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 it's the line where she's like, years ago, you served my father. Right. Yeah. Words. And it's like, as if like, we've never met. And like, yeah, that's. And I, I guess if you like wanted to like. It's like, stretch. There's a stretch there. Right. It's, it's like that because it's a broken <laughs> message, you know, they yeah. could pretend that. They, anyway. I mean, we need to talk about the fan service at the end. Oh, yeah. The double fan service, the hello there. Yeah. It made me, Qui-Gon made me happy and sad in that, I mean, he's, he is a favorite of mine and I would love to have more Qui-Gon in these shows and movies and whatever, but, and I could be totally wrong, but Qui-Gon was, as far as I remember from Clone Wars and different things I've read, Qui-Gon was, I believe the first Jedi who had Master, who had mastered the the art, if we should say, of living on through the Force, mm-hmm. but he did not master it in a way that was physically manifesting. He was it was voice only. Uh... I thought I could be insane, but like that's what I always always like because like through reading and Clone Wars stuff and Sifo DS and it goes into all this stuff, you know, the creative of Clone Army, all that. But like looking for a way to live on through the living Force, and that it was like something that he taught. Like Yoda learned it from him and Yoda did it. And then Obi-Wan learned it. You know, so like they were learning how to do that. And that's why at the end of Revenge of the Sith, Yoda tells, Yoda literally says, go to Tatooine. And he recommends that Obi-Wan reach out to his former master to get some training because he wants him to be able to do that as well. Uh, I don't have the answer to that, certainly. Yeah. But seeing him physically, I was a little like, oh, I kind of wish this was just voice. But, you know. I was like, whatever, I love Liam, and as Qui-Gon, and I thought, whatever. Here. I know, yeah. but I I think part of the reason I love Liam is Qui-Gon and is that he was, like, sacrificed and gone, right? And, like, we can't get him back, and it's not he's not yeah. one of the ones who, like, conveniently appears when you need him. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. there's, you know, consequences and loss on this show, and then it's like, just kidding! Well, yeah, he's back- I also kind of like, what do you have to say for yourself? Yeah. You, know, like, you know what I mean? Like, you were the one who insisted this kid got trained. Yeah. You know, um, and so it just feels a little more like, oh, now I can look at you and talk to you and whatever. But yeah, it was a little like, okay, but I was, I smiled when I saw him. I think the ending of this made me enjoy the series more. It's still not my favorite for sure. Because again, I'm like, you know how it ends. I don't feel that this, you know, filled in the gaps as much as like something like Clone Wars or Rebels apparently does. I don't know. I still loved it. I mean, I don't, I think it's just, yeah, as a whole, I still loved it. I I like, but I, a lot of my favorite like Star Wars books and things were just like more backstory into the characters and what they were doing before the movies and stuff. So for me, like it didn't accomplish a whole lot, I guess, but I, I enjoy seeing and knowing characters more, I guess. Yeah, I wonder if, that if makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does, and I, I part of it for me is like, oh, I wonder. It, one, we talked about this last time, but like, if it had been a movie, I would have preferred it probably. Or two, if I had waited till the end and watched it as a binge, I felt like I might have been more receptive. I again, I didn't have a bad time by the end, but I did not. I wasn't looking forward to it as much as I look forward to the other. I watched every single one at midnight. I was so <laughs> excited for it every time. And I knew I should go to bed, but I was like, I want to know. I'm glad that, like, you know, it did that for you. <laughs> yeah, of course. It's always the, the ideal, right? Right. Matt, same, diff- different? Your- yeah, yeah, I I look at it as kind of filler in the way where it's like, okay, yeah, you know, 
it's 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 unique in that, like Jackie, a lot of books that I love in the Star Wars universe are prequel-esque. I mean, in fact, like I know you haven't watched Rebels, but what you're reading right now in Thrawn is prequel to who he is in Rebels, right? So it's like similar kind of thing. Yeah, it's yeah. like newer for you because you're doing it in that order, which is perfect also. But, you know, there's a Leia book that's really good about her on Alderaan as a young, you know, growing up. And, you know, and I actually, one of my favorite books is Master and Apprentice and it's about Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi together before Phantom Menace, mm-hmm. right? And so I appreciate that stuff. Sometimes it it can get to an area where this is a little unique in that we knew, like, the prequels were that for Obi-Wan Kenobi in a lot of ways. And then Clone Wars, you know, kind of like, oh, what was he doing before we met him in A New Hope? You know, mm-hmm. he fought in the Clone Wars. He introduces us to the idea of the Clone Wars in A New Hope. Right. right? So, well, with Luke, you know, but this is kind of now a bridge of a, it's bridging a gap. Mm-hmm. That I don't know that I ever cared about having bridged with these characters. And I still think that the show, I, I, I really enjoyed it and I'm glad it exists and I'll, I'll watch it again and stuff. But I do really think that the show could have been taken to a place that's better if Leia was not in it. And I just still feel that way. I just think that it, it, it constrained it to a box that it didn't need to stay in. It could have been totally outworldly and like crazy shit happening that we never heard about with characters that we right by that already know the fates of logic though then we also wouldn't well i guess if you just sub in any other force sensitive child yeah i'm like luke yeah like there are people that obi-wan worked with in the clone wars very closely that are not bail organa like there are people there this could have been a mon mothma connection this could have been all kinds of things well i'm thinking about reva's storyline him to do something yeah but it but it could have still been inquisitors hunting force right 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 but 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 more like her yeah her her coach draw him out yeah. Well, not just draw him up, that, but just, like, she needed something in order to come to the realization that, like, she doesn't want to be Darth Vader. And, but, but, it, yeah. but to, like, the earlier point, you know, she doesn't know that it's Darth Vader's kid. She's just, like, another Force child. Like, I'll use them. So you're right, right in so that it could, could have been, been any Force-sensitive. Right. Yeah, because that's what the Inquisitors are about, right? And so it could have been any any of them. And so I, I, I still think it was a good time, and I think they handled it as well as they can within the box they put themselves in. I think it was effective. I just, I think it could have been so much more expansive if you just. I just hope space. that this was like the gateway drug to making it more expansive, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, like after well, this now we, run, yeah. right? Now they run with the path. Now they run with like whatever. That would be amazing. But yeah, I love Baby Leia. I did also love Baby Leia, but I, but I agree with Matt's point that it was just like, I well, we knew it, it was restricted. <laughs> and I, I hear everything you're saying about it, and I did want it to go further, clearly, but yeah, I did. Like, imagine if you were, imagine if, like, again, nobody's going to be the baby from Mando, but we don't know how and when that baby dies someday. So it's like, <laughs> imagine, if, imagine if we fell in love don't with the kid that Obi-Wan was protecting. dare say someday? Well, about everybody my does, baby. Right? No, and, uh, he, yeah, clearly they don't all die because they live on forever as a fucking force guy. Well, I mean, phys- our physical forms, right? So, like, know, we don't know. He, he could live on. can be, like, 800, right? So, like, yeah. there's I don't think we've explored. I don't think we've explored the areas which Grogu is still alive later on. He is. But I just mean, imagine if we had a Force-sensitive child that played the same role, essentially, this Leia character did, but, like, we didn't know about her fate. Right. Or his fate or whoever. Yeah, I think it would have been, you know, more suspenseful, more, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, I I absolutely agree with all of that. I just, I really did love meeting baby Leia. Yeah, or or was there a way to do it where baby Leia was not the one in peril, right? But we still got great yeah, baby Leia. Yeah, we still kind of met her. Yeah, 
Yeah, we could have met her some other way. Like, I don't know how or what. But, but I mean, this is all to say, I think the next move is theirs. I hope that they do something more expansive and interesting and whatever with, with what they've laid out here. Right. Well, speaking of expansive and interesting, I think a show that is doing that in an excellent way is Miss Marvel. Unless anyone has any final, final thoughts, but I feel like we are. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think. No, I'm ready to move on. We are on episode. If you like Star Wars, I recommend watching. What? (laughs) I said, if you like Star Wars, I recommend watching. There you go. Well, let's not get into discourse. Um, (laughs) Who's interested is watching, but like, feel free. Don't listen to the weird fanboys online. It's a good time. Screw your gatekeeping. Okay, but Miss Marvel, what? I'm going to go straight to it. So we're in the temple in the beginning. I saw online, I was like a Shang-Chi connection. Yeah, the ten rings were on the ground. Yeah, mm-hmm. but my, yeah. I, what, how are we feeling about this whole Jin thing? And like, how does that connect to like Shang Chi? And well, I'm just, I'm like, where are we going with this? <laughs> like, so she's not an Inhuman. She's not a what? Like, what? <laughs> well, it's funny because it, it's like, yeah, she's not an Inhuman. But then with the stuff that was happening this episode, it kind of feels like we're getting an idea of maybe how they're crafting what they're replacing inhumans like with? the inhumans yeah. yeah i mean if you notice like in that tomb when they're you know where the ten rings were or whatever and they get they get the the bracelet off of it's like it was a blue arm which i assume is the Cree. Cree, yeah. that's Cree, what yeah which which more directly kind of does also link with like a lot of inhuman stuff and things where it's like it feels like we are kind of like tracing this kind of mythology about it in a way that is just very very uh derivative of what the inhumans are mm-hmm. it kind without of feels, being like this is inhuman I, I i don't know why they wouldn't just call them inhumans but i think that maybe we're getting to a place where we'll figure out that the inhumans birthed a bunch of myths and legends on our planet and sure, then that's, yeah you know what i mean and that's like kind of kind of like oh this is icarus <laughs> yeah so i think it's a like really cool interesting way to sort of link you know muslim mythology into this character which i do think is very cool is it i feel like is that even muslim mythology or is it like middle eastern well i don't know i guess but it's middle eastern my um one of my good friends is muslim and she was saying that she grew up with a lot of stories about jinn and and stuff yeah and so like for her that was like a it was like cool but it was scary that Ms. Marvel is actually a djinn. Right. Well, so they're like is... boogeymen in, the, yeah. in, in their stories, right? Like that's, yeah. it's like. Learning, they're like angels and demons. Yeah, it's like, it's like learning that Ms. Marvel is a demon. Right. I think it's more regional than religion. Yeah, it, I think it, carry, it carries over on. Just because also like, you know, the Chinese have an equivalent of it. I think a lot of cultures, right, have this. So I, I think it was more. Less tied to the religion, but obviously uh, being a, a predominantly Middle Eastern group, like I'm sure they are the ones who are hearing the story still. <laughs> it's the, the boogeyman, right? I, I'm surprised they didn't make like a genie joke somewhere in there, but all right. I'm glad. I'm actually kind of maybe glad that they didn't, you know? Yeah, I'm like, glad, but yeah. I, I, I kind of we'll thought it was coming. I think we'll get some, but like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm glad they didn't do it when they were explaining it to us. Right. They were like <laughs> taking it seriously. Yeah. It's a pretty deep cut, though, because. It was very a 90s thing, but I don't know. I mean, I've never personally read anything with the Jin since I was a child. In <laughs> so terms in, of in Marvel. Mar- okay. Marvel, yeah. Uh, so as far as like the the Marvel side of things, it, it it's pretty deep cut. And it's kind of like, okay, that's interesting to kind of draw upon. And it's exciting because I don't know everything about their history, of course. But with what I've read, it's mostly about the clandestine, you know, like the offspring of the Jin, essentially, after they 
we're made with human. But it's something where getting into that is largely, from what I know, kind of untouched. So you can really do whatever you want. They do whatever they want anyway. But you can <laughs> do whatever you want without making people mad. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. I, I will say this episode had moments of the three of them that I spaced out the most during, just during that fight. Like, mm-hmm. I, it went on a little long for me. Did I? Yeah. I kept rewinding it and kept them zoning out. Were the gym using powers in the same way she was or were they just really good fighters and that her powers were the ones i was seeing like against them they were mostly i think it was just mostly skilled that's what, okay I'm, I'm i'm finding myself having the same question actually because i'm like yeah i was like know, there's a scene I mean, where like a, a punch stretches and i was like action but i i don't they didn't ever have the like blue lightning situation right, yeah. right. Uh, so i think i really want that for i couldn't tell if they like super speed or super strength or yeah. Like, yeah, it was never really registered. So it's possible they're just like, you know, been around for fucking ever. So they're really good at it. Right. They're really like hardy, or, but not necessarily right. like strength. Or maybe they do have like some sort of superhuman, like strength, speed, agility, those kind of things. But I couldn't really, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't pick up on anything really obvious. Okay. Anyway. I, I, that's what I thought. But I was just like, I can't keep rewinding. <laughs> Yeah. The thing that I would rewind a million times over was the dance sequence. I <laughs> loved it. I love that we got the Hulk costume back. I love that like mm-hmm. everyone was in on it. I, it. It's brought me so much joy. Yeah, I was. I thought that was a lot of fun. I, I thought it was an interesting thing to learn that there are two of these bracelets and that it's a pair usually. And I wonder what happens when you have the both. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's we've all. The Nega bands, it seems. Yeah, theory, exactly. I think, out there. Yeah. No, I have no idea what those are, but the sure. Original Captain, so the original Captain Marvel, so going back into Kree stuff. Okay. Um, he is a Kree. Marvel is his name, whatever. Right. And um, had the Nega bands that were harnessing this like cosmic energy. Yeah. And being that we saw one on the arm of a Kree, which again, it seems aside we, from. Medusa, we don't know if it's a Kree, but it's a blue arm and a right, right. I mean, I, that's, aside from Medusa in, in Humans, the show, which seems they want to scratch, every Kree we ever see in this show seems to be blue, or in this universe right. seems to be blue. So I'm like, it tells me, I'm like, oh, you want us to see, oh, there's a blue person there. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah exactly. It, but who knows? But if it is, it, it kind of, it calls to the bands even more. Uh, and so that could be what's powering, but it's maybe unlocking this inhuman side. Right. I think the thing that I want, though, is I'm like, how does this relate to Shang-Chi? <laughs> like, because you've got 10 rings. You've got, yeah. Like, where's the that's, arm, arm see, that's accessories what, are a thing? Like, it could be either. Yeah. But that's what I loved. I loved that about it because we remember when going into Shang-Chi and like talking about, or maybe it was after we came out of Shang-Chi, but Dana, I know when we were talking about it on here and, and about the 10 rings and, and remember Wong, they're, they're, exploring what they are we don't we still don't have any more answers yet but we wondered about eternals and we were like oh wait are there 10 of yeah, them yeah, we yeah. Like, oh is it and so it was kind of fun to see oh this is linked to this is some ancient stuff right it's just not necessarily eternals based but it's it's kind of exciting to go down this road and see like okay where is this going to lead and how is it going to intersect because it has to and it will and that's kind of exciting to me i don't know i liked it i was like because we haven't really seen Shang-Chi callbacks yet. Yes. I, I like it, but I am concerned that I don't want all the heroes of color to be conveniently related through like mystical Eastern magic shit. I'm like, can we can like, <laughs> you know, I just, I want like, you know, the same level of origin story variation that like the rest of the Avengers have gotten so far. And that like, yes, eventually yeah. they conveniently come together. I mean, the Black Panther has nothing to do with that. 
I don't oh, know. Yeah, yes, well, but the Black Panther's yeah. already been established in the previous yeah, yeah. phase. Yeah, but I'm just saying that, like, not all the characters, right? No. It'll yeah, think... I mean the Asian ones, basically, <laughs> since those yeah. are all the new I, ones. I think it stands to reason that whatever, not that we want it to be powered by the same exact thing, but with what's going on here, and we saw Monica Rambeau, and we know Carol Danvers, and we know they're all in Marvels, it, something makes me think that these nega bands or whatever they are here, if they're whether that or not, are more something that is like more linked to something more similar to what our Captain Marvel inspected, like what they're kind of yeah, I, harnessing. And so it, you know. I can get behind, right. I can get the, behind the idea after. that like everyone is connected to some sort of like cosmic energy, right? It's like the fabric yeah. of the universe. I'm, I'm fine with that. But being like, oh, the you know, the Jin are actually the descendants of like this branch of Shang-Chi offshoot, something, you know, I just would mm-hmm. prefer that there be more clarity yeah. uh, or, or just keep it. Diverse, yeah. Keep, keep, keep know, the like, origin don't. stories like not like, and they are all from the exact same thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, I think, I think that's important. Yeah. I hope they will. I think that they, I, I can totally agree with that. Yeah. Super fun. Uh, I've really enjoyed every episode. I, I do think while this one was still fun, I do think it, since it did get more story heavy, it kind of did drag a tiny bit for me in some parts where yeah. it was, it was kind of slower and I was like, okay. That and there was a little more action that wasn't like emotional based. You know what I mean? So it was mm-hmm. like. When it was action watching her like fumble around and not know how to fight yet. And I was like, Ooh, I want you to learn how to fight. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and like, I mean, to know how, so I like that. Like her family. And I enjoyed the drama of, you know, not being able to tell her family and kind of messing up the wedding and like, and her friend you know, finally finds out. I loved trust. I will say I loved what I'm calling trust, but, uh, from her mom, but family where all of this happened at the wedding and, and they, she immediately was defending her daughter mm-hmm. to the people that were like, you know, outside. And then, <laughs> by cutting down their daughters, but I thought that was yeah, this tracks. This was accurate. <laughs> yeah. But then she came in and she's like, "If there's something you need to tell us, tell us." But it wasn't like, "What are you doing?" Like you know, like mm-hmm. how dare you ruin your you know whatever. And, I, I liked that reaction. Oh, I love the moment when she's like helping her with the bandage and she's like yes. telling her, but she didn't ask her for any details. She just kind of supported mm-hmm. her, and I was like, "Well, d- but she volunteers that she fell on her bike, so you know." But but you're right; she doesn't press her on it. Well, yeah. she clearly is talking about something bigger than falling on her bike, though, right, right, right. in that conversation. Yeah. Yeah, mom's more in tune and aware of, of what is... Her mom know. knows something big is happening. Knows that, things and, yeah. and And I think her mom knows more than she lets on about whatever grandma is doing. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Mom pretends running gag just... of grandma only showing her eye and, like, a third of yeah. her face. Mm-hmm. Cracks me up every time. Mom, I, mean, mom I enjoy thinks it. that... Yeah, mom thinks, and like I think a lot of moms do, mom thinks if she just is is ignorant to the existence of something that it's just not going to be there. Yeah. And it won't be true. That's fair, yeah. <laughs> She's yeah. like life pretending that this thing that whatever her mom gets into won't affect them yeah. and they move yeah. far enough away that it's okay, you know? Yeah. And Mama Khan remains my favorite. Unfortunately, Mama Khan is just going to get a very big rude awakening sometime soon. Yeah. See it. Yeah. I was glad because... In the comics, they're not Jin or whatever, but there are some people in like the first volume that she meets that she thinks are going to help her or whatever, and then they betray her. And so I was kind of happy to see that betrayal here too, just because yeah. it follows the story. Question that I want to know the answer to. So we answered that the Jin don't they age very slowly. Who is Comrade's dad? Like what? What is the? What is the? What is, you know? How does that work? I assume. 
I mean, they can like, clearly meet with humans, is, right? Like, right, I, I think like, what's the gestation period? Like, what's the, you know? Yeah, and it's like. They say know, he's 18, but is this like Baby Yoda style where he's like 18 in gin years? <laughs> you know? Yeah, who knows? I just, you know, I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious as to the answer to that. It's, uh, yeah. yeah. That, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't have it. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I my ex- extent of, and again, I don't know how closely they're going to follow any of this kind of stuff when it comes to the clandestine and all that stuff, but the, a, a member of the djinn gets with a human and then the clandestine is like a family of super people that go bad and good from that, that have longer life from what I remember, but I don't remember anything about them procreating. <laughs> beyond that so so that's what's interesting you yeah. know because yeah i don't know well we'll uh we'll, we'll see find, yeah yeah we'll find out because i'm sure it's only a matter we'll of time because i have his questions powers <laughs> are yeah i'm sure his powers will be unlocked shortly and i'm sure we'll <laughs> you know right because she she made that comment about it and i think doesn't that, he's the character from the comics right doesn't he have powers so i, 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 thought, I think he's inhuman in the comics as well if i remember if I'm thinking for the right guy, yeah, it's just, but, there was just some like fuzzy but, logic yeah. around, you know, how yeah. he could be. But but they, there are answers. There are answers that I'd be like, yes, this satisfies my question. But I I don't know if they're going to go down that path. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, but I'm here for the ride. Yeah, I'm Thank excited you. that we're halfway down. It now? sounds like I think maybe we're either halfway or like a third of the way. I hope we're only a third. I know. Uh, I'm excited. We're going it. to Pakistan, I think. But the story actually, if it is, I mean, I would like more because it's fun. But if it is only six, the story still actually feels contained within. Like, it feels like they could do whatever they Ooh, wanted at this point. I'm sorry. We are mm-hmm. halfway through. So it is six. Like, it, but it still feels like I feel like I know where it's going enough and I'm intrigued by it and I have confidence they can wrap it up, which is kind of nice because I did not feel this way in Moon Knight. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> not not only do I have confidence that they can wrap it up, but I'm also excited for wherever it leaves us going into yeah. Marvel's. Well, because I feel like they're setting a character up, story, and they're also setting up enough. Like the move, it's contained enough that you can watch it and not really have a whole lot of Marvel knowledge and be fine. But it also has enough hints in it that it does feel like it will be important to the larger story later, which is also exciting. Right. Plus, I think she's delightful. All of them are delightful. She is. Yeah. <laughs> Just I mean, her. shout out, shout out though. I mean, because you know, I know she's not a little kid, but she's young. I mean, shout out to. <clears throat> finding the right actress yes. to like perform you know like it's it's hard to find young i mean not like i'm some talent scout right but i feel like it just based on the evidence i feel like it's hard to find younger actors and actresses who like can do this yeah well and she's she sells it she's just so perfect at it that i mean yeah, it's a it's really great cast. sort of in some ways her own person though she loved the character and loves comics and loves Marvel movies and you know what I mean and everything so it's like a dream oh yeah I saw she had an Iron Man shirt which I thought was cute because I know the actress in real life was Iron Man yeah I I saw an interview with her about that and I saw I saw the shirt I was like oh you know what made me sort of laugh is I don't know if this was intentional or not or but, but you know I feel like Bruno has been in a bunch of like really bulky things before and then you know they're having that like I'm going to Caltech or whatever in a conversation. He's like, in the show. I was like, did this kid like bulk up for the scene? It felt like he was suddenly like more, ma- he had more mass to him than he had in any other mm. scene. I was like, were they just waiting? Was this kid like, no, no, we can't, we can't film yet until I, until I hit the gym a few more. <laughs> like I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get swole y'all. I gotta get swole. Yeah, I just yeah, felt like he was like more feeble in other 
episodes. Mm. I definitely did not yeah, notice I didn't, that. I didn't, so I don't know. I didn't notice the bulk up. So that's why I was like, I mean, yeah, it's, I, I it's a relative bulk up, right? It's not well, yeah. big. But but I, I just felt like in other episodes, I noticed that I was like, oh, like a gust of wind could blow this kid away. And then this time you were like, oh, hey, Bruno. <laughs> I was like, oh, good. Uh, it would take a stronger <laughs> gust of wind to blow him away. All right. Like, <laughs> but. I'm excited for next week. I'm I'm very sad actually. It's only six episodes. <laughs> yeah, it is sad because I have by three now. It's like you have the confidence that this is just fun. So it's something where if they had been greenlit for a twelve episode show, I at this point have confidence they would fill it appropriately. And so it's just kind of sad when you have something that's like fun and good. That's like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. let it go. But I do think six will be effective to do what they're doing. I I right. think that they're smart and will keep it effective. Yeah, I mean. I don't want it to go too long so that it get, you know, gets boring or whatever, but I'll be sad when it's done. I I have faith that either Ms. you know Marvels will give us a sp- you know spin-off into something. I you know, her storyline is clearly not done, so I'm not No, no, no. I know yeah. that we'll get us, you know, I think we'll get a, another season. I I mean it depends, I guess. I I guess it's not super popular or whatever, but I think they believe Well, in I it. think we'll get like a team so, up season, right? I think we'll start to get our yeah. I was like, I hope we get a Young Avengers out of this, yeah. and then we get. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not afraid we won't get or her story story. more or whatever, but it's just such a delight. We know they're investing in this character. Yeah. Yeah. That I, you know, and I'm, I feel, I don't know, the trailer for She-Hulk was so questionable that it's sort of like, I, I don't know. She-Hulk. I mean, I think that's our next one, right? Like, that's I think so. Next. Yeah. Well, it's soon too. Oh wow, I completely forgot. Wow, this is a very yeah. busy year. I think what would be fun is we are we know she has to fight, but she has to learn how to fight. Mm-hmm. And I think it's time for for a Kate Bishop or like a Young Avenger to show up and to kind of she's now there's now sufficient the, the boy on like was it a clock tower or the t- whatever and there's there's now like okay this is a known there is a weird super being thing happening right right they show up and she has to pick her name right we still get to see her pick Ms. Marvel Mm -hmm. right and I think well and actually get her actual outfit too yeah well we got got the eyepiece (laughs) yeah we did but it's just funny because they revealed it so quick on the posters and this and that and the the art key art and all the whatever and it's like which is great we know what it looks like but it's just funny because it was like yeah but we we still haven't seen it yet I'm excited to see her her she's gonna level up and I'm excited for that and I think it'd be fun to see her get some aid from people that come and help her. Like, let's train, let's, let's do this. You know, if you're going to be a, well, cause now she's a super. known entity in some ways. So mm-hmm. someone's going to have to come make sure she's not. Yeah. Doing Missing things things. Up. yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll even get, you know, a little, a little uh, Florence Pugh. Maybe she's running around with, with uh, Kate Bishop. Maybe they come and they train. Yeah. They I mean, they're nearby, right? They're technically yeah. in New York. Oh, that's true. Tri-state. Yeah, Let's <laughs> hop right over to New Jersey. Yeah. Joyzy, just, just hop on the train. Joyzy, you know? yeah, take a path. Yeah, I, I, th- I think we're going to see somebody. I think it's. I think there's going to be some sort of, of cameo or something. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm ready for it. Yeah, one hundred percent. All right. Well, speaking of things we were ready for, that I was so excited for the two of you to see, uh, loot came out. How many episodes came out for y'all? I think I watched three. Okay, three. I think. Great. Did yeah. we like it? Did we not? Please say yes. <laughs> what what is uh, what is at stake? I mean, not, look, I, we've watched plenty of things that we've all disliked and liked, and you know, <laughs> there's been there was no new mutants, but yeah, well, know. obviously, 
Yeah, no, I thought it was fun. I, I, I'm into it. I'm definitely going to watch the whole thing unless it takes a swan dive. I, I will say I was hoping for a little bit more, and I don't know if this would be an answer for a better show, but I love Maya Rudolph, and I was hoping for a little bit more vapidness. Mm-hmm. Like, she's vapid, but I was kind of like, I was hoping she'd be a little even more unaware of just what normal people very kind of more Lucille Blue. Oh, if you oh will. okay. <laughs> but it's not, it's not necessarily like vapid. It's like naive to like the woes of the yeah. common person. But I, I want kind of like like you know like you'll, you'll get it. Don't worry. You'll you'll get. Yeah, yeah, I want like it's it's one banana, Michael. Look at it cost ten dollars. Yeah. Like you know, like, <laughs> right, I wanted right. more of that, and and I, I do think it could build to that. But I wanted to laugh more about that kind of stuff than I was laughing. But I I found it very entertaining, and I blasted right through. Okay. I'm, loving, I'm enjoying it. I thought Joel Kim, right, was his mm-hmm. name? Yeah. Um, the assistant. Um, I thought he was the funniest. I loved him. Yeah. I, I laughed yeah, the hardest at most of his stuff because he's always like, but we don't have to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and she's like canceling massages. He's like, can I go? Like, what are you? <laughs> yeah. like, this is not the life I signed up for, for right. sure. You know, and so yeah. like I'm enjoying him way more than I expected because I thought that like just like you, I thought I would be laughing more at Maya Rudolph. It's Maya, you know? yeah. I thought I thought I would laugh at her and her vapidness more, but I feel like she's sort of on a character journey, which I'm not opposed to or anything. But like, I I haven't found as much of her stuff as funny as like the side characters reacting to her and her, you know. Um, but anyway, I I I'm still enjoying myself. Yeah, I. I think for me, and this is cheating because I've seen the whole series or season now, but I, I actually like that they don't go too far into the, like, you can't connect to her direction because I think it's so tough for women in these positions, right? And that we have so many good, like, not good, but we have so many examples of people who just, you know, like Paris Hilton's basically, right? Who have obscene wealth and just like don't do anything productive with it necessarily. And so to see a character who could fall into that trap and then uh, I, I, you know, develops heart and all this stuff and like becomes a better person. I was like, I, I preferred seeing this journey because I, I, I love Maya Rudolph so much, but sometimes like the, that character she plays can get a little grating for me. And so that she shows like a lot of depth as the season goes on. I was like, Oh, this is like, she's such a good actress in this, like not just comedian, but like actress. And and it made me really happy. But then I do think we get a lot of the humor from Joel Kim Booster and like his and Ron Funches yeah. relationship is so fun. Like Ron Funches is such a bizarre character and so wonderful in it. Yeah. He's the, like the, her cousin, cousin who like is the it guy. Oh, right. Yeah. I it's, think he's and funny. it's, uh, it would, to your point, it's, it feels a little more grounded in reality. Oddly. Yeah. In that way, because the vapid person that I was craving is a caricature. And yeah, they exist, but it's a trope. And we've seen it many times before. I mean, I, you know, like it is, it, it, we've seen Lucille Bluth, but we've seen that overdone. I will say, it was like and, you know. cheering when we saw Caitlin Riley, who I've followed on Instagram for an extremely long time. And I think she's so hilarious. And so I was very, very, very happy that she ends up in this. She's the friend in Miami. Um, oh, I was like, phone. I have no idea who that is. She does all of these videos on Instagram that are just very funny about tropes and movies and stuff. Like, she's like, sure. female action character. And they're hilarious. They're such a good time. Great. I, yeah. I, she blended in for, you know, in a good way. Right? I was like, I didn't know that it was like an influencer or who, you know, so great. Which, you know, a testament to the, to the action. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, maybe she's not like just an influencer, right? But it's just like you know, sometimes, yeah, yeah. sometimes she's cameos a comedian can be who, right, right. She's a comedian who you know uses Instagram, TikTok, sure. or whatever. Right. But like, she was an actress. She was in Hacks too, so it's not like she doesn't oh, okay, do anything. Okay, but okay. like, she's just yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was fun to see her pop up places. Yeah, I also love that MJ Rodriguez is in it and just like is mm-hmm. a character and it's not. I'm well, and I'm liking her in this. I will say I I'm not I have not gone through all of Pose, but I was watching it when it was first on. I watched all of season one, and I never I just don't think she's that strong of an actress. Yeah. But I really I I've changed my mind here. She, I think she's better. She definitely yeah. has it, great moments in Pose, but I'm sure she comes into herself even more in it too. I didn't I didn't continue eventually. She, I just kind of like, eh, yeah didn't really yeah. Care I mean, she plays very standoffish, but I think that like. Mm-hmm. It definitely works. For, it works for this character. Yeah, you right. know what I mean. Like, yeah. I think that. Yeah, I did. I mean, I did really love the scene where she like gathers all of her staff and is like, "I'm going off to work. I will see you at six thirty. Do what you want." And then they like throw a party. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Jackie, did you like come out of your body and almost die, and then come back into your body in the first episode? When oh yeah, Maya I couldn't even handle up. it. Like when she was doing that that interview. I literally had to just, I like shut down. I like, I don't even remember what she said because like literally shut off. Cause I was like, I, yeah, I imagined you had like an out of body. Yeah, like I to warn you. Yeah. I forgot about that. I was like, Oh my God, this is so painful. I can't. And luckily it's mostly not like that. So I was, cause I got really yeah, yeah. worried that this was our life. And I was like, I'm not going to be able, I'm not going to survive. The, that's the vapidness that I crave. And so like the show that I was like, Oh, I don't think you'd like it. <laughs> Like in in description, you'd be like, "Yeah, that sounds fun," and then you'd watch it, and, and I just wouldn't right. be able to handle it. Like everything about me would just be like cringing and dying. Just want all foot and mouth moments. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's but yeah, it's a lot of fun. I can't wait to keep watching it. It was one that I was like, I'm hopeful for this, and then I got access to like half of it to start, and I just blazed through it, and I was like, "Where's the rest?" And then they finally gave me the rest. I was like, "Yay!" Now where's got the next it. season? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me you filmed it already. I was like, right? can I get in front of my eyeballs now? Um, yeah. yeah, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, I like, again, I, like I said, I like having a, a female character with room for growth who can be funny and also serious. And like, it's, it's just like very three dimensional to me, even though she's this extreme, she's a, a character who exists in extreme circumstances that I'm like, I don't resent you for it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. All right. Well, sounds like we're keeping watching loot. Although I don't know if we need to necessarily keep it. It's not. It is not like yeah, yeah. shows where it needs the breakdown. Yeah, <laughs> we need to deep dive into the uh, the philanthropic endeavors of loot every episode. Right. But yeah. No, I recommended it to a couple of friends already. I was like, I think you'll like yeah. it. Yes. Because it, it it oddly, you know, I obviously am on Apple TV Plus quite a bit, but it oddly didn't cross my radar until like two weeks ago, hmm. at all. And I was on Apple TV Plus and I saw it on a banner up there. And I was like, oh, what's that? And I watched the trailer because I saw Maya. Oh, same. And I didn't see it till so I, so I don't know if people know about it. but I feel like they ten- they've been tending to do that, though, because it's like because there's so much stuff out there and because a lot of the shows like. Anyway. Right. It's like even even if you have huge stars on whatever show it is, it's like unless it's something that has already had a first season or is already established, there's so many other things out there that you will forget you know, yeah. between now and whenever. So, yeah, it's such an oversaturated market that like paying for a bunch of marketing and having whatever is, yeah, yeah. be rough for a first season show. Yeah. So they hope that it's like a severance situation where word of mouth gets it. Right. And then when you went in to watch severance, you saw, oh, what's this? And then, you know, right. what's that? There's a couple things coming that I 
I, yeah, I tend to actually find out a lot about my Apple TV Plus shows based in that same way, where I'm like, and it's always kind of fun. It's a fun little surprise because you're like, oh, that comes out in two weeks. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, it's, it's a lot of like, oh, you know? like I see those banners, I'm like, oh, yeah. what's this? <laughs> or when you start a first episode of something and it it shows you a trailer for something new, often I'll just watch the trailer because I'm like, oh, what's ne- what you know? Because I, I mean, I've talked a lot about it, but I I do have a lot of faith in their production value for the most part, and so a lot of the stuff I'm just like, oh, I'm curious to see what that's going to be. Yeah. And half the time, I'm very excited about it. And other times, I'm like, oh, I might, might watch that. <laughs> they have an, Apple TV has another show that I'll probably make us watch. Canusa, it's a limited series. <laughs> Is it the, the, the one with, my, with uh, my, my boy? That could be anybody. Yeah, it's like <laughs> Kingsman. Yes, yes, it's Blackbird. Yeah. Black- Black- <laughs> I was like, Black- I don't know who yeah. your boy is. Like, that could be. You yeah. could, like- <laughs> I, sent that, I sent that trailer to my mom and my sister. I was like, this seems up your alley. And they both were like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll probably watch that. I mean, I will be watching it. Yes, but uh, speaking of watching, we're watching what? What else did we watch this week, if anything? I assume we did. I watched I watched Father of the Bride. Oh, God. Oh, really? How was it? Um, well, I, I watched it because I really like Diego Bonetta mm-hmm. a lot. Okay. He's an actor I just really, really like. Don't know who uh, that is, but all right. <laughs> oh, okay. Did you watch it? Or did you... Absolutely not. <laughs> like, oh, okay, yeah. I love uh, the original, but... actually, with Steve Martin. Um... Yeah, we you don't, don't love. Or I you? do love. Yeah, we don't need to. Oh. We don't need to do it again. So like, that's why I was like, I'm never yeah. watching this new update because there's no Uh-oh. way. Eh, yeah, see, I don't know. I kind of. I mean, it's not great by any means at all, and I'm, I'm not like, oh my god, go watch it. But it doesn't. It didn't bother me having a remake because it it takes an opportunity to like dive into totally different cultures and stuff. And like, I, I was like, yeah, this is just like a different version of the same kind of story, but you could do the similar kind of story in a bunch of different ways, you know. And so I was like, that's okay. Fair. And, and Andy Garcia, and I, I, Gloria Estefan was in it, and I was like, oh, I didn't know she was going into acting. But um, she was okay. I don't know. But yeah, it, was, it had its moments. It was cute. I didn't regret watching it, okay. but I wasn't like, oh, my God, amazing. And then I actually went to go see the, the Black Phone, even though I said I wasn't going oh. to. I was like, no. But I kept hearing all this, like, everyone was, like, raving about it. I know. So I heard I like, raving, right. too. And I was like, well, maybe mm-hmm. I should go see it. What did you, yeah, would you so recommend I it? it? I yeah, but I I don't I'm kind of not understanding all of the raving about it. it it's not it's not very scary. Um, it's a thriller for sure. I can see someone being afraid of it, but it's a you know. <laughs> yeah, I heard it was stuff, like psychological thriller. thriller. Yeah, it's more psychological, and you know, there's a ghosty element to it. But it's it's a thriller. But I will say, yeah, I, I liked it fine. But I and for Blumhouse, I thought it was pretty elevated for them. Which sorry, but you know, <laughs> but I felt uh the main kid who i'd never seen before i don't remember his name he is a really good actor and i do think that the movie was made a lot better than it maybe deserved to be because he was strong but yeah so i I don't know for any enthusiasts out there into thrillers or horrors psychological whatever it's worth a watch but i don't necessarily think you have to run out to the theater to see it either okay jackie i saw i'm forgetting the whole title Good luck to you. Oh, Leo Grand. Leo Grand. I did. Oh, up, I watched that too. I ended up watching that. I loved it. Yay. It was I great. told you. See? I'm super into it. I watched, I finally watched Top Gun Maverick. It was like a big commercial for joining Navy mostly. Yes. I was like, wait, are they in the Navy? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it wasn't, it was fine. Yeah, it was Top Gun again. It was literally what you thought it would be, you know. I mean, I do think it would have been a lot more poetic if they just let Tom Cruise die. 
but you know well we can't that, have that <laughs> there's no way that tom cruise would ever let that happen so right here we are anything have i watched anything else interesting Jack, you didn't die in leo grand Mm-mm. like from like uncomfortableness of like her being awkward at all that it wasn't that much I mean, awkward that kind of a little bit but not not too bad because i think it's grounded in enough like vulnerability because mm-hmm. it's more about her being vulnerable and opening up i, I was like crying through most of it honestly mm-hmm. um because it was just more about her journey of being like open and dealing with her fears and her vulnerabilities and and what she wanted out of life and really grabbing it than someone who is just in embarrassing themselves you know what I mean like that it yeah feel... I also felt like it wasn't being played to like be cringy right it was trying it was being auth- yeah. like sincere with authentic it, yeah yeah and then like you know yeah I didn't I loved it this is all just my quest to crack to crack, crack the, what, the formula what, what, what percentage yeah like over the in, within the last year we came to a realization one of my favorite films of all time is closer uh-huh and I thought I always just assumed and thought Jackie kind of shared in that <laughs> love. And we, one time when we were, we kind of, in the last year sometime, mm-hmm. we watched it. And I was always watched closer or whatever. And she was melting and dying during the whole thing. And I was like, I did not know this did that to you. And then I realized back when it came out, we actually didn't see it together. Ah. We saw a lot of things together back then. We I didn't do. Together, I mean, so it's I one of those ones. That I actually do really like that movie. Uh, yeah, no, I don't think you hate it. But, but I just did not know it was yeah, that it doesn't hard rank- for you. But it's and one so, of those ones I can't watch regularly because I just yeah. it doesn't make me feel good. That's yeah. <laughs> no, but you were you were so uncomfortable with like, oh god, oh god, like you know, whatever that I was like, you know, and I and so it was surprising to me. So now it opened up that door where it's not just like oh foot in the mouth cringe. Yeah, there is another side of it too that does kill you, and it's like fascinating to try to like <laughs> to figure just, out where it is, where's the line. Yeah, I would that agree that I would. I would be curious about Leo Grand too yeah. for that reason, but because I, I would compare this to closer more than I would compare it to like a, a foot in the mouth. Thing. Mm-hmm. That's you know as far as the type of like two people vulnerability saying things mm-hmm. that are like oh it's mortifying to admit that or to say whatever like yeah yeah you know, I want to be and, clear though I don't find it to be that much like closer like <laughs> no it's a totally different film yeah. I just mean as far as the idea Bet- of like, between those yeah. But, you know, real people, very sexually explicit in their discussions and kind of discussing very adult feelings and about sex and love and all these things. And mm-hmm. like, you know, I don't think it's the same film. No, no, but I yeah, just but, but I think it's just that. like it's very authentic feeling conversations that like we don't mm-hmm. have in public or like off, out, out in the open a lot, you know, like. Which is exactly what I think Closer is. I think Closer is every scene is like a conversation you only have with someone very intimately, but it's like, oh my God, you, you shouldn't be watching this. I guess for me, Closer is more about like the the intertwined dynamics and like the ramifications of their decisions as well, as opposed to like Leo Grand, because it only focuses on one. I just, I'm just like, it totally yeah. feels so different than close that. I don't want people to be like, I don't want to, <laughs> you know, it's it, yeah. 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 It feels kind of similar totally to me, but yeah, I, I can, I can respect that. Yeah. I mean, I guess I haven't watched close in a very long time, but yeah, but it's not to say that I think they're like, Oh my God, these are such a similar movie that it's like, if you like one, you'll like the other. It's not that, no, no, just, yeah, yeah. you know, no, I yeah. feel, I mean, I think the, comparison of the type of embarrassing conversation is fairly apt but i don't know yeah but see i don't know what the difference is either like i don't know why closer makes yeah that i know you don't that's why this one yeah yeah, and this one i'm fine with i don't know yeah i can't i can't tell you yeah and i thought this was great done it was an acting tour de force from both sides i think it's uh, yeah i think yeah. yeah i mean it's hard but 
Yeah. They don't have to I hope it doesn't get forgotten in the award in the award cycle. I need to go because I thought I it, think it might. Yeah, I think it might, but I hope it doesn't. I mean, I think, I think if anything, it. I, look, at, I was actually I did a, like a mid-season ballot for something, and looking at like female performers in particular, and, and I couldn't find like what films are coming out for like basically like end of year award season that could be contenders. But I'm sure Emma Thompson, because who she is, will you know if anybody she will. At least get she some, would be considered. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. For your consideration. And I mean, but but also, it's like this was like this is why she is who she is. She is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. You know? I, yeah, it's just. I like, loved the bravery of that full frontal too. Like, go you. Like, yeah, she looks. Great. I saw her talk about that on the View. Of course, she mm-hmm. did. You know, and and uh, it was interesting her her take on it, and she was she's like, yeah, it's something that. She was talking about why she was so drawn to the script and the project and stuff. You don't get to see women in this light and discovering this, you know, kind of unlocking a woman and woman's sexuality in this late in age type of thing, right? And she was talking about how doing the full frontal, she's like, yeah, it's something that she's like, I look in the mirror at myself and I'm, I cringe, cringe, cringe. She's like, I think we all do to an extent, right? And she was like, that's something that this is just what being an actor is. She's like, that's something that I never could have done as me. But as her, mm. I stood there and I did it and I feel nothing about it. Yeah. And I thought Great. it was really interesting. Yeah. Was like, that is oh, super interesting. Yeah. Something else. Yeah. Love She's her. a legend. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of legends, I saw Elvis. You look really happy about it. Was, it. Was you do look happy about it. so that. long. Like, I'm so tired of two and a half hour movies that don't need to be two and a half hours. Honestly, did Top Gun need to be two and a half hours? Because that was wild, too. Was it two and a half? Yes, it was two and a half hours. It was so fucking long. Chop Gun to me moved a hundred times faster than Elvis did. Well, I haven't seen Elvis, so I don't have an opinion there. But did you know that Manny, you know, I'm never going to pronounce it. There we go. You know, I was going to butcher it. Let's be honest about who I am as a person. (laughs) He was supposed to be in Top Gun, but they cut him out. Yep. Yep. And he's like in a background somewhere. And I'm like, you left in that stupid romance that, and this is me talking. That ridiculous romance instead of whatever subplot he was in. Well, uh, I mean, additional tiny spoiler, Matt, if in case you see it. But I, I was just livid that this is another example, and we will talk about this with our next week movie, in in a good way actually. Uh, that you know, okay, cool, Top Gun Maverick, like it's thirty or whatever years later, we've got like, hooray, we have black characters now. There are two Asian woman. characters. And and there are women, and there's two Asian characters. Uh, there's a well, man there and a woman. A single woman, really. What do you mean? Who had real character? Yes, yes, yes. But I'm, but at least you saw other ones. Literally, yeah. only th- there's two Asian characters. The guy has one line. The woman has none. And I'm just like, come on, like come on, you. It's, uh. Anyway, I, I had a thought about that. I don't remember what I was watching, but it it was like you know Asian actors and actresses any kind of representation in films these days is very much what like black representation was in like the 90s where like we have a far way to go with all of it but it's like you have your token and it and they're there sometimes and you should be happy with it and it's like but, it's really but sad. that's the problem is that they're it's, not even there most of the time right like actually, yeah jackie got out of this conversation but cinderella we talked about this where it's just like cool mm-hmm. we're doing the colorblind casting thing blah 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 right, and then sad. it was i was like there are no asians in the background like yeah it's all that's what I yeah. yeah that's what I mean is it's like it's like people think that just black and white is what right. meet diversity is and it's like okay we've you know we've crossed that bridge and we have a long way to go there too but then it's like okay but now this is falling to the wayside the same way that did 
Yeah. And no one. I mean, seems it's not like, you know, and it's the same with disability. It's very rare that it's right. part of mm-hmm. any kind of conversation or any kind of background. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you could have wheelchair users at the bar. You could have, you know what I mean? It's not like that's complicated. Yeah. Anyway, we will pause on this because we will be talking about this yeah. extensively but, next week. I mean, you know, speak. They're not allowed in the military, though. So, yeah, I was like, <laughs> there's there's just separate issues there. But anyway, so uh, Elvis, <laughs> watch that. <laughs> but I also watched. Did I talk about Angeline last week? I can't remember if I'd already watched it. I don't think you did. Oh. I don't think so. So I watched Angeline. Do you two know who Angeline is? Yes. Yeah. Local See, I, legend. I did not know who Angeline was. I only knew who she was because a couple weeks prior. So I think the show had already been out at this point, but I, you know, it came up at a a gathering and somebody about was like, oh yeah, something Angeline, like she tried to hire me for something and wanted to pay me in merch. And I was like, who the hell is this person? (laughs) And they're like, oh, she's famous for being famous. And then, you know, fast forward and it's Emmy voting or Emmy voting season just ended. And like, so there's all this for your consideration stuff. And so I saw like an Angeline, like Angeline's the show you missed. And I was like, yeah, right. I did miss it. It's five episodes it's on Peacock. It was pretty good. Yeah, it actually kind of relates to Elvis in that you know it's Emmy Rossum and she's doing a character voice. And I was actually like, mm-hmm. I should find this so annoying, but I think you're probably doing a really good job. Like I don't know I, what she um, is. I, I yeah, I watched that, and I I guess I never brought it up on the show, but I did watch that before. And it I, was, oh, oh, you know, but I, I actually I I used to see see her out in the wild all the time. The I world. saw her really recently, but then they also apparently. Um, added her car to the um, Universal Backlot uh, tour. That's so funny. Oh, did they? That's hilarious. Yeah, it's funny because if you go on like over Coenga, over Hollywood area, um, she buys like billboards there. Still? Yeah, she well, always. It was in the last five years, like before before COVID. I haven't seen. One well, it's it's so always... funny because I was like, I was curious. I haven't I haven't looked, but I was like, was she willing to sell Peacock that billboard space to promote the show about her? You know. Or like that lease it to them, you that know. I was like, "Ooh!" Or or was Peacock literally required to buy additional billboards yeah. of her to promote uh, her? And I was like, "I don't know." I love that more. I think, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe her, like she either got a really great deal, or yeah. yeah but I watched, I watched Angelina. I enjoyed it. Um, and then yeah. the other thing I watched was called The Bear, which is a like a oh. cooking show yeah. on FX. Not a cooking. It's a show yeah. that takes place following a chef on FX. I've not seen it. But I've heard it. I think it just came out. They released them all. Oh, yeah. It came out on the 23rd. I guess the guy is from Shameless, which I didn't watch. But, yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. I was like, speaking of Emmy Rossum. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Speaking of Emmy Rossum. Your worlds collide. Yes, they do. But, I, I, yeah, it reminds me of – no, did anyone see the show Kitchen Confidential? No, but I've heard of it. Okay. Because was, it was based on uh, Anthony Bourdain's book, mm-hmm. and it had, like, Bradley Cooper in it. And like John Cho, and it was the first show I had ever seen that showed like serious chefs, you know, like, oh, yes, chef, you know, prep, blah, 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 blah. And so this like, this is that type of chef, but in a a sandwich shop, there's like a whole backstory. But anyway, it was pretty good. (laughs) I enjoyed it. I just binged all of it. So yeah, the bear. Cool. Nice. Busy week for you. Busy week. Well, you see some, you see some things ahead of time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. In fact, it's ironically yeah. like a weird catch-up week where I was like, oh my God, I didn't watch Elvis yeah. before Friday. I had to go over, you know. Well, that's the world I'm living in right now is it's just this weird thing where in any normal time when I just, I don't know, I guess I was busy, I probably would have gone on Thursday just because why not? Yeah. Like I like to go to a movie. And then, yeah, I just, you know, I had a busy weekend. It just didn't happen. And I think it's also yeah, like. I don't like, remember why I didn't think about 
Because I would have. That's what happened to me with. Because that's the thing. Because I would have gone to go see it. Because I just, you know, watch. Yeah, it's the big movie of the week, right? Yeah, it's not like I'm, you know, expecting. Well, I always think I love Baz Luhrmann, and then I always do. But nope, you don't. You don't. That's the the answer is you don't love that. Nobody. Everyone needs to get over this. Moulin Rouge. I'm trying to dispel everyone of the idea that like is like I really loved Moulin Rouge, and I really loved Romeo and Juliet. And I think yeah. that and I like Strictly Ballroom. Yeah, it's like Strictly the Jenna Evans. I've never loved anything. And then everything, everything since then has been, yeah. I just I don't like Baz Luhrmann. So yeah, no. But I think it's also one of those things. Like now, you still even if you have like a, a subscription or whatever it is, like you still have to make uh, like weigh the decision to go to the movies, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like mm, some of these are like, it's not as carefree as it used to, right? Or it's like, oh, you missed it on Thursday. Like, oh, you you, you, know, you squeeze it in on like a Sunday or something like that. But it's like, oh, do I really want to go? Do I like want to weigh all the risk factors and do that? Or I could just not. So yeah. this is a not. <laughs> but anyway, that is it for this week. Thank you both. Thank you all. Thank you as per usual to Jackie and Matt. And now a couple of sort of quick, but maybe not follow-up points. So in terms of is Qui-Gon the first to live on through the Force? And is he corporeal? Is he a Force ghost, et cetera, et cetera? Complicated longer answer. So apparently... For most Jedi, when they died, they would become completely one with the Force, but some learned a technique that would allow them to retain their identities separate from the Force for a while, aka Force ghosts, or voices, or that type of thing. And then it gets very complicated in the nuances, but yes, Qui-Gon of the modern Jedi, or the recent Jedi, was the first one to rediscover how to stick around. However, there are some wobbly timelines, like their bodies were supposed to vanish, as we've seen from, let's say, uh, Obi-Wan's death in A New Hope, but obviously we didn't see that with Qui-Gon, you know, he actually has a funeral pyre, all that stuff. Also, Force ghosts are supposed to be intermediate states and, like, eventually move on to the netherworld of the Force. Yes, that's a real quote from the lore. George Lucas at one point did say, We never see the ghost of Qui-Gon. He's not that accomplished. He's able to retain his personality, but he's not able to become a corporal ghost. Well, clearly, the Obi-Wan team said, nah, and also, technically, the Clone Wars team also said, nah, to that as well, because he does show up as a ghost in the Clone Wars episode, Ghosts of Mortis. So, turns out, I guess Qui-Gon was more accomplished than we thought, even in spite of what George Lucas, the creator, said. So, yes, uh, yeah, yeah, wrap your head around that one. Anyway, as for Miss Marvel and our Jin, uh, specific to Islam, or are they more Middle Eastern things? So, uh, jinn are invisible creatures in early pre-Islamic Arabian religious systems, and later they show up in Islamic mythology and theology. They are mentioned in the Quran, but it turns out, you know, ancient Sumerians, Assyrians, and Babylonians all had similar creatures in their lore. Judaism has the Shadim, Buddhism has Devas and Asura, and Christian scholars have even explored if fallen angels are comparable to jinn. So, it's a common theme, but yes, there's a strong correlation to Islam. And then according to Marvel, Jinn are an ancient race who all perished because of their weakness to low temperature. So I guess the Ice Age took out the Jinn and the dinosaurs? I'm not sure. But in Marvel, they're also more like genies that must serve the men who hold their name. And yeah, it's it's, it's a whole thing. And then as for our possible Jinn, uh, does Comran from Ms. Marvel have powers in the comics? So... In the comics, uh, he's also an Inhuman, which Ms. Marvel is in the comics as well, and he does have powers. He can emit and store bioluminescent energy and expel it as shock or transfer it to an object, which causes it to glow and explode. So, handy? I guess? I'm not sure. Anyway, that has been it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.